Corinthians 15, 1 through 10, and then 17 through 22, and then 50 through 58. It says this, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preach to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Caiaphas, and that then to the twelve, and after that He appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. And if Christ had not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are all of all people most to be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. You will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trump will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. And when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, this is not the Easter that you had anticipated. (laughs) This is not, as you were planning for 2020 Easter, what you had in mind. It's not what I had in mind. It's not what I remember of Easter's in the past as well. You know, I can remember Easter's in the past going and waking up early before the sun was coming up so that we could have a sunrise service. I also remember thinking to myself, well, since we've had a sunrise service, that must mean we're done for the day. 
That wasn't always the case. We also had the 10 o'clock service as well. I can remember thinking, when is the Easter egg hunt? And when do I get that new tie or those new slacks that I get to wear for Easter? Maybe some of you are sitting in new clothes today just because it's Easter and you felt like you needed to do it. But most of us haven't. I mean, I do have a new shirt on, as you can tell. It is lovely. Reminds me of an Easter egg. You know, the thing is, is that our expectations are very much like the expectations of the first Easter. You know, nobody really anticipated what was going to happen on that day. The men that had been following Jesus were holed up, fearful of what could take place. And the women, they went to check on Jesus, to make sure that his body had been prepared properly. They had to do it quickly before because of Sabbath. And so as they show up that morning, they weren't thinking to themselves, now when we get there, the stone's going to be rolled away, everybody's going to be gone, we're going to walk in that tomb and Jesus won't be there and an angel will talk to us. Not at all. They were in the deep throes of grief. The one that they had loved, the one that they had followed, the one that they believed with all their heart was the Messiah that would deliver them was dead and gone. And so their expectation of Easter was blown away. And hopefully today ours will be as well. Because even though we're in this place in different settings, even though we are not together in our gatherings and later we won't be able to have Easter brunch with our families unless they happen to be in our household, we get to experience today the power of the resurrection. And what does that look like for us? Well, when we look at that passage, the first thing that we want to grab a hold of is that the resurrection is historic, that it's truth, that it's real, that it actually took place. It's not just some fable. It's not just some allegory. It's not a metaphor for us. It is actual history. Look, that's the reason why Paul says this. I want you to know what I received, that this happened, that Christ died according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was risen according to the Scriptures, that He appeared to the twelve and to over 500, many of them who are still alive, that the testimony that we have is true and historic. And that's important for us. Tish Harrison Warren, who wrote the book, The Liturgy of the Ordinary, had an article this past week in Christianity Today. In it, she quotes John Updike, who says this, Let us not mock God with metaphor, analogy, sidestepping transcendence, making of the event a parable, a sign painted in fading crudality, of early ages. This is from his seven stanzas at Easter. He goes on to say this, if Jesus's cells dissolution did not reverse, if the molecules did not renet, if his amino acids did not rekindle, then the church will fail. 
She then borrows a line from Flannery O'Connor and says, if the resurrection is just a symbol, then to hell with it. She says this, I'm a Christian today not because it answers all my questions about the world or about our current suffering. It does not. And not because I think it is a nice, coherent, moral order by which to live my life. And not because I grew up this way and have a fond feeling for felt boards and hymn sings. And not because it motivates justice or helps me to know how to vote. I'm a Christian because I believe in the resurrection. She says, on the other hand, if Jesus did in fact come back from the dead, if it's not false, but in fact Jesus did come back from the dead on a quiet Sunday morning some 2,000 years ago, then everything is changed. Our beliefs, our ethics, our politics, our time, our relationships. If it is true, then the resurrection of Jesus is the most determinative fact of the universe, the center point of history. The resurrection is ultimately truer and more lasting than death or destruction, violence or viruses. It's truer, too, than our celebrations of it, however beautiful or however meager. The resurrection is true for us. It's historic, and that's why we feel and know its power. But not only is the resurrection and its power coming to us because it's historic and true, it's because it provides with us hope. We can't get past it. When we read what Paul says in Corinthians as he lets them know, he says to them a couple of times, stand firm. Later he says, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Why is that? Because he knows that death has been defeated. He knows that in Christ's resurrection, that newness has come in. That God had promised to make all things new, and it is at the resurrection that that takes place. That there is new life for all. That yes, the cross is the thing that brings us into the kingdom. The cross is the thing, and the sacrifice of Jesus is the thing that puts to death hostility and makes us God's children. But it is the resurrection that empowers us to live that way. It is the resurrection that gives us the hope that even though times can be despairing, that this is not the end, that Jesus has overcome all things, that death in fact has been put to death, that we stand firm knowing and believing that our sins are taken care of, that we are no longer enemies, and that we are made alive in Christ. We have nothing to fear. Not only do we have hope in the resurrection, not only is it then our anchor because of our strength in that, we also have endurance to do the things that God has called us to do. Look, I love Easter. It it was always a busy time in my family growing up, and it is still quite a busy time for us. There are things that get put aside and things that get missed so that we can focus on Easter and getting it done. The thing about Easter is this. It should never be just one day for us. 
It shouldn't be the thing that we go, yes, let's celebrate Easter. Let's celebrate the resurrection. Because the ramifications of the resurrection go beyond it. It pushes so far beyond. It's the very thing that motivates us and empowers us to live our lives as Christ lived. You see, when we are made new in our life in Christ through the resurrection, we are then empowered to live as Christ lived. That's the reason why Paul wraps up this chapter by saying this, Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know your labor in the Lord is not in vain. That we are resurrection people, those of us who are in Christ. And we have work to do. Not so that we can gain glory. Not so that we can get acceptance from God. But we have work to do because we have been raised. Because we are new. There are things that God has laid out for us to accomplish. And it looks like this. We love our neighbors. And right now, our neighbors are those people that are in our houses. We care for them and we move towards them. When there is conflict, we don't let it stand because we know God has put to death conflict. We move quickly towards repentance and forgiveness towards one another. We love our neighbors by caring for those who are outside of our homes right now. We, we be careful when we're in public running our essential errands that we stay away from one another so as not to catch something or to give something to somebody. And we wait and anticipate knowing that when we're back together that God will call us to love even the unlovable, knowing that we were unlovable. We have work to do now and we will have work to do when we're back together and we will have work to do until Christ comes back. But it is not work that is toil. It is not work that is burdensome. It is not work that is hard. It is work that we stand firm in and that we labor with joy because it springs from the very resurrection that has given us new life. At the end of this article, Tish says this, the truest fact of the universe, this Eastertide, is not death tolls, empty sanctuaries, or overcrowded hospitals. The truest fact of the universe is an empty tomb. The resurrection is the only evidence that love triumphs over death, weakness prevails over strength, and beauty outlives ashes. If Jesus is risen in actual history with all the palability of flesh, fingers, bones, and blood, there is hope that our mourning will be comforted and that death will not have the final word. And the final word of God is this, that he loves us and has saved us and has raised us to be his very word to all the world, sharing his steadfast love. Let me pray for us. Father, you are good, and all you do is good. We worship you today. We give you glory and honor and praise. We call out to you and say thank you. Thank you for new life. Father, if there are those who are listening and watching today that don't know you, whisper, shout out their name to them so that they will know they are yours. Let them grab hold of life, life better than they've ever dreamed, life abundant that only comes through your resurrection, Jesus. 
Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen.